Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. All right, you're there in Luke chapter 5. And Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, uh, just that your words are spirit and they are life. And so, Father, I pray that you would anoint me this morning. You would anoint the ears of the people and help us grasp this subject deep within our hearts this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to talk on the subject of, of, of just honor. That's really what I got in my heart. So let's go right here to Luke chapter 5. I use this text a lot, but I got plenty uh, that we're going to go through this morning. So let's look at this. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, you there? And it says, Now it happened on a certain day as, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You see that? And it says, Then behold, a man was brought on a bed whom was paralyzed, and whom they sought to bring and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down uh, with his bed through the, through the tiling uh, into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. I want to read verse 17 again. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by whom had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal who? Them. One translation renders this verse that the power of the Lord was with him or upon him to heal them. Now, I've just, I really got a lot of stuff to go through, and I'm really just going to try to set this up and, and just really share out of my heart. And I pray the Lord will help me convey it to what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate this morning. And I believe that He's going to help us do this. Now, notice in this text that we read that there is a church service going on, just like we're having this morning. That the room is filled because noise had gone out that Jesus was going to be preaching this message. And the scripture says that they're from out of three different towns that it mentions there. And that this building is full of people. And the building's so full that no one else can enter the room. And it says that the spirit or the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But notice in this text that no one in this room receives what is available for them to get. Come on now. No one in this room is the partaker of the healing anointing that was upon him. We read in this text that there was one man that was toted by four friends in the other gospels mentioned. Everybody needs four crazy friends, amen? So they take these four crazy friends, take this paraplegic, this paraplegic, if you will, the paralytic, and they, they cannot find the entry point into the room. So they dig through, the scripture says in the book of Mark, when they have broken through. You've got to break through in some areas. Are you with me now? But here's the key thing. When you break through, you don't have to re-break through again. The enemy always wants to make us believe that or, or tries to make us believe that when we have broken through that we've got to continue on breaking through. But when you break through in a particular area, you, you've got the breakthrough. You don't have to break through again. And we, 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 we see this with remember that um, when Roger Bannister wrote broke the mile being able to be run in less than four minutes people believed that no human being could run a mile in less than four minutes but when, when Roger Bannister finally broke that barrier if you will within 50 days it was broken again by the name by God with the last name of Landy so we see that when someone else pioneers a breakthrough it allows others to run in on that now, now my question is in this text do you believe this morning and we had the testimony an 8 year old looking into the eyes of his father and he said God is in this room well I want to ask you this this morning if God is truly in this room like we said he was come on now then all things are possible in this room right now come on now 
I said, if God, if God, Yahweh God, the author and the finisher of our faith, if he's in this room this morning, like the eight-year-old looked at his dad and like we came in agreement and said God was in this room, if he's truly in this room, then all things are possible to them that believe. We just have to have the faith to tap in to receive what has already been made available to the church. Come on now. So here God is in this room and the scripture says that he wants to heal them. Who is them that he wants to heal? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. And no one in this room draws on the ability or draws on the availability of the anointing that was present. Now, listen to this. In John chapter 1 verse 29, Jesus is, John is down in the river baptizing and he sees Jesus and he says behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world what is John pointing out here is the Messiah this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we have been waiting for behold the Lamb of God when he says behold that is not just saying look at him what he's saying is this is not no common man this is not an ordinary man this is someone we esteem in the highest of honor behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world see friend whatever we dishonor will begin to move away from our life. But whatever we honor will begin to move closer to your life. If you want a greater relationship with the Lord, honor prayer, honor worship, honor the word of God. Come on, somebody. This is how we draw near to him. All right. Now, let's go right here. So here's the deal. Not only in this text, it says that the Lord was present to heal them. Every time God shows up, he shows up for a purpose. He shows up because we worshiped him corporately in this room this morning, but he shows up with a divine purpose. Come on now. One of the things that I felt whenever we were singing that, I felt the love of the Father enter this room. How many else would say they felt that? I feel, what I was thinking about was the thoughts of a good shepherd leaving the 99, going after the one. You know what God was speaking to us in worship? He was trying to reassure us that he's for us, that the obstacles that lie before us are not greater than he is. Come on, somebody else. This is what this is that the loving Father was trying to, he was saying, I'm a shield and a buckler for you. Come on, somebody. He was saying, I am a strong tower that the righteous can run into. He's saying, I got you your back. I'm for you. And if I be for you, then who in the world can be against you? He was letting us know that he's right here with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us regardless of the circumstances, how big they are in our life. That mountain is not greater than he is. That's what I just felt that going on the whole time in my heart during worship. So God shows up for a purpose. And here's the deal. When you and I can recognize the anointing that's in the room, whether it be financially, if the anointing for finances shows up in the room, if you will tap into that, you'll be able to receive and drink from that fountain in the room. And things will begin to shift and change in the area of finances in your life. But if you don't honor that anointing, if you get ticked off with it and say, well, you know, there's just another prosperity preacher. I don't know of any type of preacher that, listen, any preacher that's not preaching prosperity, I don't want to hear from it. I don't know of a poverty gospel. Come on, somebody. All right. All right, let's go. All right, you ready? Let's, let's travel back. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Just going to go through this kind of slow this morning. Just trying to lay good foundation for what we're talking about this morning. Matthew chapter 13. Let's look in verse 53. In verse 53. Look at this. And now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he had came to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that, so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brother James, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are, not, are, are they not all with us? And, the, and where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet, look at this, is not, is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now where, now he did not do 
He Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. It didn't say Jesus didn't do no works there because there was demons in that city. Come on now, help me out here. It didn't say that he did not do no works there because there wasn't, there wasn't no places to preach. It didn't say he didn't do no works there because they was worshipped. They, they was limited. Their worship teams were limited. They didn't have skillful musicians, so they couldn't have a good worship service, so he was limited. It says he was limited because they reduced him down to something common. Come on now. And here's what I found in my life to be true. Most of the times the anointing that I need to help me will come in a package that I really don't like. God will, <laughs> he has a way of putting what you need in a package that is offensive. Come on somebody. This is the whole reason why Jesus was rejected. They thought the king of kings would never have, and surely if he's gonna be born, God would allow him to be in the ritz. But God put his son in a manger. Come on somebody, where the pigs and the horses is at. So there was this whole deal that it takes eyes to recognize. Listen, when we hear the Bible say the gift of discerning of spirits, uh, when I was a little boy and, and coming up in the church, I used to think this was, and most people still think this is, is the gift to be able to see devils and demons. That's not the gift of discerning of spirits. It is the ability to recognize the anointing recognize on somebody's life. See, sometimes the most anointed people ain't the ones preaching the gospel. They could be a painter that's painting your house. They could be an a, a electrician that's working on your house. But the ability to recognize the anointing. And so Jesus is here. He does, no miracles is happening. It's hard, to get the, it's hard to get the prophetic flow to happen. It's hard to get to step into the miraculous. And the Bible answers this question that it is because of low honor releases not many miracles. Now let me just say this on this subject. I was talking with Stanton. This. You know that honor is an invisible platform that allows you to stand on. Listen to this. You've never seen or heard of Stanton Moore in your life. You've never heard of him. You don't know what he looks like. You've never seen him. I have him scheduled to preach for me today. I can tell you this. How I introduce him will determine the outcome of his message. Come on now. Y'all stay with me right here. We got, about, we got about 30 minutes left on this flight. All right, we ain't even no turbulence. We're just cruising right here, okay? 30,000 feet. All right, so how I introduce him will determine how he's, how he, and it'll also determine his ability, how he begins to start out in his message. Do you know how I introduce him will, will determine how if he starts out the gate struggling or if he's able to run. You've never seen him nor you've never heard of him. And if I get up here and I say, I want to introduce my friend Stanton Moore to you. God bless you, brother. And hand him the microphone. We don't got a clue who Stanton Moore is. So the first 15 minutes we figuring out if hey is he even anointed I mean how did he get here why did pastor call him Lord he looks young Lord look at he's skinny you know what I'm saying come on we, we sizing him up we size everybody up come on say we don't do it we do but here's the deal. If I introduce Stanton Moore, whom you've never seen, and you trust my ability to hear from God, and I said, I want to tell you of one of the mightiest young men of God that I have ever met or known. He has spoken into my life on many times, and I found him to be true. His integrity is impeccable. His character is impeccable. Come on, somebody. And he is one of the greatest preachers that I have ever heard preach in my life. Will you stand up and give honor where honor's due, and let's honor the man of God, and we welcome the man of God stat more in this place and all of a sudden the, the, the atmosphere is charged in here now you know that I said listen this ain't just somebody this is somebody come on somebody and now that what happened is is I built the platform from the stage into your heart to receive what's coming from his life this is the same thing when Jesus began to open his mouth the Bible says that they were astonished at his words the scripture says in John that my words Jesus said my words are spirit and they are alive. So what happened is Jesus was releasing grace-filled words. What is grace-filled words? Graceful words? It is grace-filled words, which is the operational power of God. So when he was releasing out of his mouth, speaking, 
He was releasing the operational power of God in that room, and they were all marveled, and then something hit their brain. Man, this is Jesus. We played ball with him. Are not his brothers here? It's not this, ain't his mama, is that not his mama right over there? And the scripture says that that anointing began to shut down right in the room from one issue, a lack of honor. Let's go on. Let's move on right here. I was reminded one time of Pastor Dale sharing this story. He was in Nichols, Georgia, running a revival before in the little bitty sanctuary. If you know where Nichols Church of God is, there was a little, there's a little sanctuary out back. And he was in that, he was in that building running a revival. At the closing uh, uh, one night in that revival, he realized that there was a preacher sitting in the back row <clears throat> of the church. And he said, you know, well, this preacher's probably not just out. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Preachers just don't go sometimes to church services, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, what I'm talking about, uh, add-on church services. So uh, he's there. Pastor Dale calls him out. And what happens is, this, I remember this story. He said that God showed him a set of silver scissors. You remember this, Danny? The silver scissors. And he saw a set of silver scissors cut this cluster of grapes. And this is what he released over that man's life. He said, what I see, uh, uh, that silver's redemption. He said, God said that he's, re he's, he's redeeming the vine. Basically what he said, he said, I cut them, I, I prune the vine so that there'll be bigger grapes, more grapes, and better grapes. That man left that, he, he knew nothing. Nothing going on in his life, but what was happening is there was just a shaking. A big exodus was happening in his church. And so, anyhow, so he asked, he asked Pastor Dale to leave when he, when he left because he got to come back through Douglas coming home. He said, would you stop? And he began to share with him how powerful the word was. As a matter of fact, that he, his name was Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore was going to leave the church. The church's name, Waldrop Avenue Church of God. He was going to leave the church. But after he got that word, God gave him the faith to hold on to that word. Now, listen to this. What happened was is that word began to come to pass. And that word, that church doubled in size. That church doubles in size size, built a brand new sanctuary, he had Pastor Dale to come preach at Revival. Now, Pastor Dale says this, that in his ministry, there was more miracles done that week than probably anywhere he ever preached at before. And how did it happen? He said when he got to the church that Bobby Moore stood up and said, we want to welcome the prophet of God, Dale Young, into this house this morning. And he began to tell him of the accurate word of knowledge that Dale gave him. What happened is it released faith in that room. Come on, somebody. They didn't just believe that was some paramedic stand in there. They believed that was a man of God standing in there with a real anointing on his life and that rose the faith of the people and the people begin to withdraw that anointing and pull it out of him. Now, now I remember this, when that he ran that revival when Jill gave birth to Austin and, and he said that he was going, he said he thought that God just supernaturally anointed him because he was he was over there running revival when his wife was giving birth to his child, you know what I'm saying, making a sacrifice. That didn't have nothing to do with it. What had to do with it was the people giving honor, come on somebody to the gift and the anointing that was upon his life and they were able to withdraw the anointing from that my God listen to so in this text Jesus is reduced down to now he's just a kid we went to school with and when he became the kid we went to school with no one receives the anointing that's upon his life miracles happen just very few let's go right on let's go to Luke chapter 4 Here's the same text, but we're going to read more into it because Luke adds to, to his, he's got a more of a complete deal here. Now here's Jesus' inaugural speech, okay? In Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book... He found the place where it was written. Look at this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Look at this. Jesus stands up. Let's read it again. He, this is, he opens his mouth. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Look at this. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all look at this, verse 22, bore witness to him and marveled at the grace, look at this, grace-filled words, gracious, which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now let's just, let's just stop right here for a minute. When Jesus stands up to read this text, for 400 years, 400 years, there ain't been no presence. After the book of Malachi, you with me? Y'all with me? Got 29 minutes left on the flight. There's, there's, there's absolute silence from the book of Malachi. God's not talking for 400 years until Jesus shows up. Now when he stands up in the temple, he's quoting Isaiah 61, and he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has sent me to heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel to the poor. They're sitting in that room, and what's happening as he's opening his mouth, the presence of God is filling that tabernacle. Come on now. Rosalind, one of them looks at the other and says, my God, what is this? Well, what's happening? Their hair's standing up. The anointing's filling that room, and it's billowing in on that room. Now, at this point, Jesus hadn't healed a soul, so he's prophesying out of his mouth. Come on now. He's telling them what he is sent there to do. Come on, you with me? He's telling them, this is why I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because this is what's going to happen, and he's prophesying. The poor's going to hear the gospel. The sick's going to be, the sick's going to be healed. The lame's going to walk. The blind's going to see. The deaf's going to hear. Come on. Demons is going to come out. This is why I'm here. And today this scripture is filled in your ear. In that moment, they're grasping onto it. They're grasping onto it until someone reminds them of the familiarity. I'm telling you, one of the biggest sins in the church is the sin of familiarity. If you're not careful, the presence of God can become common to you. It was the whole reason that why Yuza reached out to study the ark because the ark had become common to him. It was no longer a holy place. I'm here to tell you every time God shows up in this place, it's a holy moment, friend, and everything is available in that moment. And I am amazed that when God shows up, people are texting, people are trimming fingernails, people are making googly eyes at their children, and the presence of Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, has just invaded the room. And we wonder where the signs, wonders, and miracles are. If some of you treated your employer like you treat God showing up to his house late, you would be fired within a week. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on. Rob him on a weekly basis. I'll get off my soap stool in a minute. Where's the honor? What you value will move closer to your life and what you disvalue will move further from your life. It's a simple thing. You want to be closer to your wife? Learn how to honor her. Come on. It's awful quiet. I'm going to get nice. I'm not preaching ugly here this morning. Come on, I'm just preaching the Bible. Alright. This, this anointing's filling the room. This anointing's filling the room. Jesus is telling them, I'm telling you life as you know it's about to change. Life as you know it's about to change. Now let me just say this. i got to break this down to a personal level to us. And think about this. The words that we released in November, the words that we released in December about 2018, 
Now, could it be that we just stumbled across something and it was all, it was all great and it was all grander, but to go to get on a plane in Atlanta and fly to Columbus, Ohio and speak to a guy from Pakistan and when he fastened his eyes on me, he recognized what God had in my life. Come on, somebody. And he prophesied the very same thing that we were declaring into this house. He prophesied it in Columbus, Ohio, right back to me. Now here's the deal. Some in this room could hear that and say, well, you know, that's just John. He hollers like that and we're used to him hollering on that. But others would take that word. Come on, somebody. You know that I took that word to an entire business and that man had me stand before every one of his business and to declare that the, what I said. And this is what he said. He said, if God don't do exactly what he said, we will close the doors and we will fold it up and we will go home. Either we believe God's speaking or we don't. Either we honor what God's saying or we don't. Come on, friend. And when God speaks, you cannot operate as usual. Come on, somebody. I don't care how I was operating the day before. God done showed up and said something different and we changing the way we do it. Come on, friend. I may go up the mountain with Isaac and I'm planning on putting the knife through him, but God done intervened and said, oh, stay the knife, son. Don't kill him. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Come on, somebody. So here's the deal. God's speaking. Well, that's just Pastor John. We get on a plane and go to Columbus, Ohio, and he declares the very exact same thing that I said in this house back to us. And if God ain't speaking it, CJ works for Ken. The way I look at it, if you rode by Ken Baldry's business in October, there are about six employees out there. Over 25 employees today. Why? Because he believed what his bald-headed preachers were saying. Come on, somebody. Now, let's just get real. Dusty left a job making six figures a year to jump on that bandwagon because what he believed God was saying. Come on, somebody. How we honor. How we honor. And we have lost this in our society. We'd see a massive revival if we get this one thing down that I'm talking about. I said it Wednesday night. We got kids that lose a baseball game and it's the umpire's fault. Or the coach's fault. But what they don't never bring up is the fail that they struck out three times and made seven errors. Because it's more easier to point at the umpire for calling a bad strike on me. Come on, somebody. If he's calling it outside, you better adjust because he's the ultimate authority on the field. We got students that fail, and we got, and my wife being a teacher, and we got parents to call her and won't know what's the problem. Come on, somebody. If she got one student making A's, no student in that room has an excuse. Come on now. It's coming from the same well. All right. Let's go on. We don't like no teaching like that, though. We can't blame nobody. All right. Look at this. <clears throat> What's going on? He's prophesying to the realm that's available. He's declaring them to them. This is what's going to happen. Now, when they hear this, somebody brought it down to the familiarity. You take us. We got all these pine trees. You bring somebody from the Midwest, they're blown away. You take us. We go to the ocean. We're amazed. My God, this is beautiful. But somebody lives on it every day. Just don't think nothing about it. It's just there. What happened? Let me show you what I'm talking about. You take a CD, <clears throat> a bad to the bone CD, the power of God all over that CD. Listen to that CD for one month. You won't even feel God on it no more. Let me ask you something. Did the anointing change on the CD or did you change? What you did was just reduce what was on that CD down to common. Come on. You just reduce it down to common. Rod Parsley said this for years. Why did he go? Why did he go do the crusades that he did? Number one, we saw the size of the ministry, so it's going to take something to run it. But let me tell you another why. Because he saw twice the miracles on the road than what he saw in Columbus, Ohio. Why? Because in Columbus, Ohio, he was Rod, and they expected him to do that. But when he got on the road, Danny, come on, somebody. When he went to Birmingham, when I saw him when I was 19 years old, he was an anointed man of God in that room to those people that didn't hear him every Sunday. Come on now, and that faith was in that room. What, listen, expectancy is the seedbed. It is the breeding ground for miracles. And if we come in this church expecting the same old, same old, we're going to leave with the same old, same old. But if we come in this house saying, God, I don't care what Matt's singing today. I don't care what John's preaching today. I come in this place expecting a move of God. When I go in my prayer room, I expect God to come.
commune with me. I expect to see angels. I expect to see healing. I expect to see the blind see and the deaf hear. Friend, come on, somebody. Well, I feel God up in this place. I expect it. Why? Because God's there. And if God's there, all things are possible. Catherine got up this morning. She said, I felt like I was to lay hands on you. When she laid hands on me this morning, I was drinking from the well that's in her life. When she sees the anointing come on me, I, I remember this is when it was, this is when she said this to me one time. You know, all the time, I just said, well, you know, that's just my wife. But she, just lay, she asked me one time, she said, she said, you're not only my husband now. She said, you're my pastor, and I'm going to ask you what you think about this. Now, she knows every fault and failure. If you ever look over there and see her crying, you know God's in this house. Because she knows every weakness, every failure that's in my life. But yet she's, she knows when God's done come on me, friend. Come on, somebody. And when God's on me in that moment, she don't see me as just John the husband. She sees me as John the man of God, her shepherd and pastor. Honor. Well, we just want to introduce today Brother Stanton. Well, if we're going to introduce Brother Stanton, we're going to get a Brother Stanton anointing released in this room. A brother. A brother. Come on. Y'all right? We ain't started to descend yet, so don't get happy. Hold on. How we receive someone determines what we're going to get. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Look at this in verse 40. He who receives a, who he who receives me is he who receives is he who receive he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet, look at this, in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in, in, in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. If we receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, the scripture says we'll receive his reward. What is the prophet's reward? The breakthrough in which he carries. How do you get an anointing on another individual's life? Do you think it comes? We, we've stood in line for years in the Pentecostal church laying hands for a double portion anointing. You think the double portion comes like that? I've heard people say to Bill Johnson, said, lay hands upon me because I'd love to have a double measure what's on your life. He said, if that was the case, I'd be laying hands on myself. God, I want a double portion of what's on my life. There's only one place that we see in the scripture where the double portions even asked for, and that was when Elisha asked of Elijah, and he said, you've asked a very difficult thing. Come on now, even when Jesus, the sons of Zebedee, their mother asked, could they sit at the right hand? He said, you don't know what you're asking. So that tells me right there that the anointing don't come cheap. And how dare we think that we're going to get it just because we got down in a prayer line. Shall you get the anointing on someone's life? How did Elisha? I'm just saying, I'm just exalt the priest of Bible in here, right? How did, how did they recognize that Elisha could be qualified with the anointing that was upon Elijah's life? Because the scripture says Jehoshaphat and them are in battle and they don't know what to do. And so they need to hear the voice of a prophet, right? But Elijah has done been taken up into heaven, right? In a whirlwind. Not in a chariot of fire. The chariot of fire came to separate the two. And the scripture says, he said that you must see me when I go up. Now listen to this. Here's how that they recognized that Elijah, Elisha, must have the anointing that Elijah had. It said why? Because we know that Elisha went to Bible school. Come on, am I in the book? Y'all right right here. We know that he went to Bible school. No, it says that we know that Elisha is the one that poured the water on the hands of Elisha, Elijah and served the man of God. So we get it two ways, serving the man of God and sowing into the man of God. 
Am I preaching some strange doctrine up in here? So listen, the fivefold is called, I preach this on Wednesday night, to wash the feet of the people we serve. And meanwhile, it is returned back to the fivefold where we serve them and that anointing that is upon their life comes upon you. Now here's the deal. You don't want to receive an evangelist. Here would be crazy. We receive Reinhardt Bunky in the name of a teacher. You just got nothing. But a good service with Reinhardt Bunky. But if you recognize the evangelistic call upon his life to, re- to reach literal nations, come on, somebody. Billy Graham, we don't receive him in a teacher, we receive him as one of the greatest evangelists to ever grace the earth. Come on, somebody. We receive him as a mighty man of God. And when we receive that, we get that reward with us. This is what Jesus is saying. He said that you've got the honor. Listen to this. He said your honor must be equal to the value that God, not that the clergy, not that granny, not that the elders said, not the headquarters said, but to the value that God has placed upon them and to the level of gifting. Come on. And we think we're going to get a meeting with Bill Johnson and get in closed session and lay hands on him so we're going to walk out of there with that anointing. If that's the case, then I got it right now because he laid hands on me in Atlanta, Georgia with Randy Clark, both of them, and prayed for me twice. But the best I can tell it, I'm not walking in that realm that they're walking in at this current moment. Come on. Do I believe an impartation can come forth that way? Yes, I do believe that. But I'm just telling you this, that you, you take the reason why the reason why you see Daniel, Daniel Kalinda out under Reinhardt, that didn't come from a laying on hand service. That come doing life together. That come, from, that, that come from being hooked up. Come on, somebody. Not just hooked up with a wallet. Come on, somebody. That's, that's hooked up. And what happened is, and what happened, how did Timothy, how did, could Paul send Timothy when he says, I have no more like me to send? What he's saying is, I got a replica of myself to send to you because he is me. My anointing and my spirit is on his life. All right, let's go on. Let's go a little further. We won't have time. I'm getting closer to the airport and they're transmitting to me. Get the plane down. Listen to this. All right, here's this. We must honor according to the favor from God. I have to honor equal to the level God has gifted and favored in order to draw from that anointing they carry. Now here's the deal. Matt will tell you this. Stanton will tell you this. Danny will tell you this. Or anybody else that has ever preached the gospel will tell you this. We call it the hookup. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I know whenever I'm hooked up with a congregation, you can feel it pulling. There's pulling. When you don't feel the pull, you ain't hooked up. There's two reasons you don't feel the pull. Number one, main reason, people think you're common. Come on. I can go, I can go to Elijah Curtis's church and they snatching. I can go to Dale Band's Assembly of God in Jessup, Georgia. They be snatching. My God, what kind of revelation. We in here. We ain't gonna be done. Think we're gonna fish this evening or we're gonna be done. You feel it pulling. Matt will tell you when he starts singing, and Hannah will tell you too. She knows when you're hooked up, when you're pulling, and then when we pulling. But see, here's the thing: when you're at the front, you have no choice. The pilot can't look back at the back at the man at the rear and say, Would y'all please flap the wings? It's up to him to get it in the air. <laughs> Come on. Huh? He ain't got no choice. That's why he's up there power breaking, thrusting everything he's got because we're getting it in the air, baby. We're snatching dead weight and everything. we got to get in the air. All right. Let's look on. So we got, we got honor. We got honor to the value that's in there. Now let's go right on that. Jesus teaching right here. I'm, 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 I'm hurrying up right here. I'm going to finish up right here. Though. Look right here, but i got to give you this before I leave. All right. Look right here in verse, verse they all bore witness. At the grace-filled words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, man, shoot, this is Joseph's son. Boy, we got, I thought we was in something. Come on. This is what, oh my God, I thought thought it was really something in the room. Man, this is Joseph's son. 
Scripture says now they ticked off. Now let's see how Jesus responds to that. They ticked off. Now look what he said. Look at this. You got to get this right here. If you don't get nothing else, get this right here. What I'm telling you. Now Jesus goes on to say, Assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Look at this now. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. You know what he's saying? You're living within three feet of the greatest anointing you've ever seen, but you can't see it. Do you know the prayers that you're praying, begging God to do something for you is sitting right around you, but you can't got eyes to see it? Show this. Father, I pray right now, God, would you touch us? Would you just change our finances? God, would you turn the finances around in our life? And these two financial men sitting in this congregation, how many times have you went to them and said, lay your hands upon me? How many times you went with them with your checkbook open and say, show me how to fill the gaps and the holes up out of Haggai chapter 2 in my life? Come on! Come on tell oh, that's hard, preacher. You mean to tell me you do? What, what Jesus is saying, listen, there were many widows living right there around Elijah's house. He didn't go to none of them. Why? Because they just saw him. Man, we know Elijah. Shoot, we went to school with him. But he shows up at a widow at Zarephath's house. Look at this. He went outside the family, by the way. Come on now. He went outside his own people, which is the same thing Jesus did. When he came to his own, his own rejected him, so he went to the Gentiles. Come on. This is a prophetic picture running through all out the thread. Come on now. G Elisha doesn't go to his own to, to his own kings, but he goes to, to, to the officer of the Syrian army. Come on, somebody. An enemy king. The enemy recognizes more anointing than what the church does. Come on. She goes up with Zarephath. Think about this. Think about if this was happening in today's time. CNN with the cameras. Preacher goes up the widow. She's gathering a few sticks that she may cook just the last little bit of meal she's got and die. That's what the scripture says now, right? Huh? Preacher goes up. He said, I tell you what, how about you cook me one first? Will you cook me one first? Now think about that. We have this same scenario plays out every week in churches across America. I got $100 left. Should I tithe? Or should I not? The lady by faith recognizes there's something different about this man. Goes in and tells the son, listen here, the meal just got smaller. But you know what that means? If it don't work, we ain't going to last seven days. Now we're going to last four days. She cooks the man of God a meal first. And the scripture says that she was sustained during the whole three and a half years of famine. Am I in the book? Why? Because she recognized the anointing that was upon his life and she honored him. When she honored him, she wasn't honoring him as a preacher. She was honoring the God on the inside of him. This is why we honor each other. I don't care fallen or not. This is why we honor each other. Because we're all created in the image of God. And when I look at Clay, I don't just see Clay the country boy. I see the God on the inside of him. And when I honor him, I'm honoring my father on the inside of him. The scripture says we will not see him no more till we say, Maranatha, he who comes in the name of the Lord. So when I look at her, I honor her because she comes in the name of the Lord. And I honor the fact that she's created in the image of Almighty God. This is why we honor people. Oh, there's many widows. They live within a 10-mile radius of his house. Ain't nobody drawing no anointing from it. Nobody's being saved. 
The widow Zarephath, she said, I'll tell you what, there's something different about your life. I'm going to go cook you that meal. Because listen, when she was cooking him the meal, she was honoring God first. And the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's odd to quote the Bible up in here. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added. What? Everything you need will be added. Not only did the religious told what God to do whatever we need. No, God does what you want to, friend. Come on, somebody. The scripture says in John 2 that the first miracle recorded Jesus was a result of making wine, which they did not even need. They was already about three-thirds drunk. Come on, somebody. So what was he showing? Not because they needed it, but because they wanted it. The first miracle is an expression of an excess's father's love towards us. All right. The next thing, here's a king, I mean an army officer, Naaman. The scripture says there was many living, yet only one received it. Only one man got the anointing. How did he get it? Through honor. He took what the man of God said, he honored it, and went with it. I'm almost done right here. I want you to look at these few verses of scripture. In Matthew 15, I'm just going to quote these last two to you. Adam, would you come help me right here? In Matthew 15, there's a story of a Canaanite woman. Jesus is at the table. He's eating with his disciples. She's coming up there because her daughter needs deliverance. And the scripture says... I love what the disciples say. Lord, run her off. We're about tired of her. She's been after us the whole time. That tells me that she probably went to them first and they couldn't do nothing about it. Come on. Lord, run her off. He turns around and looks at this lady. Now think about this. He turns around and looks at this and he says, he said, hey, it's not, I, I didn't come here for you. It's not right for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now imagine if we was responded to by that, by the local presbytery. You called in needing prayer, and I tell you, and I answered the phone, this is Cornerstone. Yes, sir, I need prayer. Well, listen, it's not right for me to take what was meant for the children and cast it to some dogs. We ain't praying today. I mean, people leave the church because you don't shake the hand. Look at what she said. She said, but yea, Lord. Notice what she didn't say. She didn't say, Jesus. Come on. When blind Bartimaeus stood up and he said, Thou son of David. You know what he was saying? The Messiah. Because he knew the prophecy that he would be coming as a son of David. He said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. When everybody else was saying, There's Jesus. Man, we saw him in school. This is what the lady said. She said, but yea, Lord, even the dogs do eat the crumbs which falls from the master's table. He stops in that moment. And he said, woman, he said, I ain't seen such great faith. I ain't heard nobody to honor me like you just honored me. He said, and the scripture says her daughter was made well in that same hour. The lady with the issue of blood had the prophecy in the book of Malachi that when he comes, he'll come with healing in his wings. If you study that word wings in Hebrew, it means fringe. That's why she pressed through the crowd and grabbed him by the fringe of his garment. Because if he was really the Messiah who they said he was, when I grab hold of the fringe of that garment, every bit of the healing that I need is going to be laid hold of right there in that garment. And Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, somebody just pulled something from me. Peter said, Lord, look at the crowd. Everybody's thronging you. He said, no, somebody touched me realizing I am who I said I am. And the scripture says power and virtue left Jesus at that moment. And he knew it. This issue that I'm talking about this morning, this is how we get from the Father. We honor the ones that come in his name. The fivefold gifting that he's released on the earth. The five porticos when we honor them and we receive them as who they are. When we, when we have Jess next week, I'm not going to come up and say, I want to welcome you, Dr. Jess Rents, a dentist from Lake Park. 
I would say I want to welcome Jess Rents, a prophet of God, a prophetic voice who I believe that hears accurately from the word of God. And what happens is I'll release an anointing in this room. If we'll receive him in that, we will get the prophet's reward. We build the platform. I'm telling you, the miracle that you need is around you every day. What this shows is Jesus' desire to get them the help they needed, but they had to have eyes willing to see it. And I can tell you this, if we will learn to be able to move in humility, false humility will keep you from your destiny. True humility will thrust you into your destiny. If you walk tall and full of pride, it's hard for you to honor. But if you realize true humility is not thinking less of yourself, but of yourself less. The anointing that God has made available this morning in this room, all we have to draw from it. Friend, what I'm trying to tell you today is every day of your life there's a river. You no matter what happens, know the earth be shaken. The scripture says in Psalms 46, there's a river. If I didn't know that river existed and was able to go to that on a daily basis, I would lose my mind. I'd have probably blown my brains out a long time ago. Yeah, I didn't stutter. But I know there's a river. No matter what's going on, I can go to that river and honor that river of life, he said, that would never stop flowing. And begin to drink from that fountain and say, Father, I thank you that you're a good father. Lord, I, I give you the best I have. I honor you this morning. 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 What would happen if we had teenagers in this room and kids in this room that will begin to honor their mother and father? What kind of house would be different? Come on. I talk to my own when I had to scream seven times to get out of bed. That's dishonor. Come on. So well, he's getting old school. Well, Dad said take out the trash. When I was growing up, man, I, I, my dad was probably different. I didn't get told five times. I got told one time. And, the, and after, after you didn't heed the one time, the next time you knew what one time meant. They didn't get no threats. We could, now we got a whole generation that don't fear nothing because we threaten them so much. Come on. The reason why we have shooters that can go into schools because we've lost all, all honor for life in our, in our society. I'm telling you, your father has a heart of honor towards you. He honored you the best way he knew how. That he reached down at your lowest point and pulled you to the highest point where he's at himself and seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you didn't deserve it, he paved a way for you to get there, friend. And I'm telling you, you want to, change, you want to see the power of God released in this church? You change the way we honor in this church. You'll see the power of God on display like you've never seen before. You want to see massive healings take place in this church? We begin to honor the anointing that's in this house. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about from the stage to the back. When Gavin stands up like he did on Wednesday night, we had 20 people trimming toenails while he's trying to talk about a media thing he did. Do you know the schedule he has? And he's busted it for two months to put that together and not received a dime of compensation. He needs to be honored for what he does in this house. Come on, somebody. I will not have us dishonoring our people. Come on. You can dishonor me and my wife, but you will not dishonor my team. Hello. He needs to be honored for what he did. And when he stands up here to give a speech at what he done, we should be joining with him. When we, I don't care who it is, if it's the night string that's preaching the gospel in this place, we honor the word of God because of who what it is. Come on, somebody. We honor the 66 books. We honor the 31,102 verses in that Bible. Come on, somebody. We honor that. We honor the 35 authors that recorded the written word of God that is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We honor it regardless of who's speaking the gospel. And we give it our fullest attention. Come on, friend. We got people in the third world countries that are giving their life and we sitting here in America this morning and some of you nodded off 20 times while I've been preaching the gospel. We have no honor.
Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. just raise your hands and say, Father, give us eyes to see. I hear the Lord just said, I'm going to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes that see and ears to hear. To recognize the lowly one. Eyes that see and ears to hear. To recognize my voice. To recognize my presence. And I'm telling you church. As we honor. And as we honor. That anointing will come upon our life. There will be a deposit in our spirit. This is how we get. To withdraw from the presence. That is available in the room. When we give heed. When we give honor. When we give reverence. To the presence of God. Father, I'm in all of you, God. I'm in all of you, Jesus. Father, you're so amazing. Listen to me right here. Think about this. I know we got to go, but think about this. The scripture says in Revelation, it's also found in Isaiah 6, that the seraphims and the cherubims, the scripture says they have eyes that are covering their body. And they fly with all of those eyes, saying, holy, holy is the Lord. And you and I have only got two sets of eyes. How much more should we reverence the holiness of God? Friend, I don't know about you, but I was forever changed when I was 18 years old by this marvelous love, this marvelous gospel, and the one we call King Jesus. He never gets old to me. His presence never gets old to me. And I'm telling you, how we drink of it is when we begin to honor what's in somebody's life. And what you need, I'm telling you, is found. Remember the lady said, I don't have nothing save a little jar of oil in the house. That tells me that God doesn't leave the house vacant. But He has what we need in there. For the Lord has given us eyes today to hear. Eyes that see and ears to hear. To recognize the presence of God. Let's don't, let's don't honor God with our lips, but our hearts are far from Him. But let's honor Him from the heart. Do our heart will match our lips. And that's when we come in here and we sing, Holy, holy is the Lord. Matt won't have to struggle. The team won't struggle. The presence of God will just go. You know, this morning I was amazed. What I left this morning was the fact that there's a young teenage girl on that stage that's out front. And when Matt would sing, she would jump in and sing right with him. I'm amazed at that. 
you know Kim Walker Smith and all those ones you hear on your CDs with just young teenagers pulling up to the house of God that somebody invested and allowed them to get on the stage and honored them for the gift that was in their life and developed that now we're drawing from that well and we drink from it off of iTunes and CDs and all that stand up with you I want with me I'm going to bless you before we leave today Father I just bless these people today God I'm so honored and thankful that you would you would see something in Catherine and I that would be worthy to be here and Father I bless these people with everything in me I bless them God and I pray that, Father, they would give, go deeper in you. They would realize that every day there's a river of God. Father, that we would begin to honor one another in our homes. Father, you would forgive us where we've not honored and where we've dishonored each other. Forgive us for backbiting about one another and talking about one another. And, Lord, let us live a lifestyle of honor. Lord, let us recognize the gifts that are before us and begin to honor them. And Father, I pray that when we go through the drive-thru, we would honor the person that's serving our meal. When we leave this place and we would go out to eat today, God, let us honor those individuals and bless them, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you at this place Wednesday night. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.